most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. Bats. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, y'all? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast. I am Samantha Praviti, a fantasy analyst here at the Action Network. A quick little piece of housekeeping before I introduce our guest. We would absolutely love it if you could take the time to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts because we will be giving away our favorite five-star reviews right here on the show. Every reviewer we call out will receive a free Action Pro account for one year, a full year. So be sure to leave those awesome Apple podcast reviews and keep listening to hear us shout you out. Today, I am so lucky to be joined by the one and only Jake Brown, the executive producer of sports podcasts at the New York Post, co-host of Gangs All Here, Blue Rush, and the Amazing But True podcasts, and the producer that got me into podcasts for the very first time. So he is here to talk to us about this year's rookie tight end and quarterback class. So before we jump into that, Jake, how are you? Hello. Good to see you again. It's been a while back in our palatial New York Post closet studio uh, that we had back in the day. And I'm glad you have joined the bald headed, dad botted, degenerate uh, lifestyle out there in Colorado. And thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Oh, my goodness. I missed that. That was really funny. We used to share this really, really tiny um, podcast space, I guess, with Dow Jones uh, in Wall Street Journal. So it was a very intimate experience when we were first kicking off the podcast. I assume you guys have a more uh, elaborate setup nowadays, right? Uh, not really. <laughs> it's pretty <Okay>. simple. <laughs> the studios okay. are under renovations, but remember, we did go to the Borgata as well and had a nice time watching uh, the old Super Bowl there, which was fun. That was a really fun time. Uh, yeah, that was 2020, right before the shutdown. That feels like such a crazy amount of time ago. Uh, I've never seen someone sweat so many bets at once. Uh, it I thought was, you were just uh, going to say sweat period, which is true also. <laughs> just sweat, straight up sweat. I mean, Jake had an entire table full of like legit bet slips. He's not doing this on a phone. It was like slips all over the table. So. And that was the last we saw of him. <laughs> yes. Uh, I know you don't really have an off season because you are a multi-sport athlete here, but how has your summer been going? Multi-sport athlete, multi-sport yes. eater from chicken farm, <laughs> to eggplant farm, to shrimp farm. He does all the parms. Uh, life has been good. You know, yeah, it's been very busy with the Mets podcast. We're doing some live shows. we got a live show coming up this weekend, figuring out what we're doing for football with gangs all here in Blue Rush with Jets and Giants. A lot of hype around the New York football scene. Both will probably still miss the playoffs by very much, but... Both should be more competitive. A lot relies on quarterback play there. But yeah, you know, you see me, I'm, I'm somewhere every night, either at a Mets game or at an event or something. But, uh, you know, this this heat isn't great for me. You know, I have my sweat towels. I got one with my own face on it here that uh, my co-host Figgy's cousin gave. So if you see me wipe myself down, it's because the AC is off and I'm sweating. That is some great sweatception right there. Uh, but I love the optimism coming from a New York sports fan about your football teams. I think both teams had ex excellent drafts. So, I mean, there's there's reasons to be optimistic, maybe not about 2022, but certainly about 
the years to come, I would love to see some good uh, quarterback play from Zach Wilson, especially just to see, you know, like the the upside of Brees Hall, for instance, for fantasy football. And it all relies on Zach. And we got to talk, me and Kaz, to Joe Douglas after the draft. And he said it was basically like Christmas morning. Jermaine Johnson falls in their lap late in the first round. They thought he'd be a top 10 pick. They get three, you know, incredible picks, like top rated players at each position. They get all three. So it felt like Christmas for Jets fans. Again, the offseason is the Jets Super Bowl because we know they're probably not winning one ever in our lifetime, maybe our grandchildren's lifetime. But, you know, there's a lot of hype and Joe Douglas was hyped. He's done it all. The trades have worked out, you know, past trades from the Jamal Adams to the Sam Darnold, who I'm sure we'll talk about later on here, have all seemed to work out for him. Now we need to see these quarterbacks on paper get the job done. Zach Wilson has everything at his disposal. Running backs like Brees Hall, like you said, tight ends. One of them, Jeremy Ruckert, a rookie who we might mention later as a third stringer. Receivers, the Giants, they got targets. They got Saquon, who's talking all this smack that he's going to have the best year ever. You know, an improved offensive line, tight ends. The Giants have it. Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, the microscopes are on you because if you stink it up this year, you might not have a job in the tri-state area. Uh, it is a brutal media market to be in, obviously. Uh, but yeah, uh, in terms of Saquon Barkley, I know that it's like July and we're getting hyped up about photos, but that guy is looking quite spelt. And with the upgrades to the offensive line, I am thinking that he is one of those guys that's like a post-hype type sleeper at this point that people are going to continue to undervalue because he's on the Giants and he's someone that I think could definitely produce uh, this year. But uh, yeah, so let us just jump into our discussion. So unlike previous years where we've had a number of fairly locked in starting quarterbacks in this first round, this class was fairly weak. I mean, that was kind of the talking point of the draft class going into it. Um, There was no, you know, tank for Trevor or tank for Tua frenzy. So um, let's kick it off first with the one and only first round quarterback selected. That was Kenny Pickett, who gets to stay in Pittsburgh. So for each player, I'm going to ask you to give me a letter grade from A to F on the player's landing spot. How do the Steelers rank for you as a landing spot for the 2021 Heisman Trophy finalist? Maybe I'm being generous, but I give him an A. I love one, the fact that he's the hometown kid. He played at Pittsburgh. He's staying there. He knows to get Permanti bros on the weekend to fill those sandwiches with chips. He knows about the food scene. He knows about the nightlife. He is a hometown kid, and he goes to a situation for a team that's looking for their next franchise quarterback. They don't have it. They think they might with Mitchell Trubisky, but the Bears thought that, and it didn't work out too well. The Bills didn't. They knew he was a backup, but it's a quarterback who he's competing with who hasn't played a ton these last few years, and when he did play, he struggled. So this is a perfect opportunity for this kid to take, uh, what is the saying? Take the bull by the horns. Uh, he's got a chance to take that bull by the horns and be the week one starter. And his numbers were just stupid at, at Pittsburgh last year. I mean, he just absolutely demolished the competition with 42 touchdowns. So I'm looking forward to seeing if he could start week one, if not start by, you know, week six, seven, if he's got to watch Mitch for five or six games and then take the reins and then let the hometown kid ride. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to go with an A as well. I'm pretty rosy about a lot of these guys, actually. So, I mean, for Pittsburgh, he's going into a situation where, like you said, they are looking for that franchise quarterback. He's also got really good weapons compared to some of these other situations that guys are ending up on. Uh, The 
O-line could definitely use some work, but um, like you said, there, there's going to be at least some kind of camp battle between Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and Mitch Trubisky. Maybe Pickett will come out on top, but it's not a question of if, it's a question of when, of course, especially if you're going out and shelling out that kind of draft capital for a guy, you really do hope that he is the future of your franchise. Um, in terms of general player evaluation, I actually thought that Kenny Pickett was probably one of the most, um, you know, polished type prospects coming out of the class. I I wasn't a huge Malik Willis fan personally, but yeah, he's got the height. His overall build is really good. He's very athletic guy, good arm strength. Um, He's coming off of that banner season, like you said, for Pittsburgh with over 4,300 passing yards. Um, On the flip side, uh, he gets a lot of flack for his demure hand size, but eight and a half inches uh, would be the smallest hands of any of the 32 starting quarterbacks last season. He also gets a little flack for being 24 years old. So where do you kind of land with him in terms of a prospect? Yeah, I don't look into the hand size as a lot of people do. I know that's something there's a lot of great quarterbacks who don't have small who have small hands. So I don't look at that as much. But listen, this guy has got. Anytime you get compared to Joe Burrow, you're doing something right. He's a guy who can move too. He could fly. He could, you know, run when he needs to. He's got the deep ball. He's accurate. You know, he only threw seven picks in in 13 games. He was a winner last year. And I like winners that come out of college 11 and two, you know, ACC player of the year. There's nothing he didn't do last season. He's carrying himself. And I like guys that played four years. You know, he was able to get the the extra year because the COVID year. So I like guys that have played their entire career at one spot, their college career, and they finish as a winner. They carry that over. So I love the comparisons to Joe Burrow. Bro, listen, Joe Burrow just made the Super Bowl. So if Kenny Pickett could do anything remotely close, he's in good hands. And he's got receivers that are looking to prove something. Chase Claypool has a lot to prove this year. It's a guy who's getting all the hype in the world, who's getting all the TikTok likes in the world. Uh, Juju's not there anymore. This is his chance to shine. He's looking to become a superstar wide receiver. He's got a great running back in Najee Harris. So as you said, he's got the targets around him and he's got the head coach. Give me the head coach any day of the week and a, a team that, you know, a franchise that's stable stability. You know, how many head coaches have they had in their franchise? Like four, like they are the polar opposite of my New York Jets. They just do things right from top to bottom. And I think he's going to learn from, you know, Coach Tomlin and the staff there. And listen, look over his small hands. Forget about his small hands. And let's talk about the fact that he could throw the long ball and he could run with the football, which is the modern NFL game, is his mobility as well. Yeah, I agree. Hand size aside, you look at his tape, you look at his college production, that's got to outweigh that so much more in terms of evaluating a prospect. But here you are stealing my thunder right off the bat with uh, the Joe Burrow comparison, because I, I actually like that even better than the player comparison I had teed up with Derek Carr. Uh, yeah, Joe Burrow is a really good comparison, especially because he has those nine inch hands that we uh, were talking about going into last year. So and uh, I mean, two years ago, and obviously that was not an impediment to him. So Joe Burrow is a great comparison and hopefully he can put up that kind of production. Um, so, yeah, pick it as it stands. He's not sitting atop that depth chart yet. He could pan out to be a QB2 option, though, should he take over the starting job among a very weak QB room. So is that basically how you're treating Pickett going into this draft season? Like um, mostly redraft, we're probably leaving him out there, but definitely a name to keep an eye on if he 
you know, uh, progresses in camp and it looks like he's going to take over that job. Yeah, I would definitely keep an eye on him. No one should be drafting him off out of the gate. I think Trubisky, honestly, is going to get a chance for a few weeks. I love Mitchell Trubisky. Kaz always made fun of me. He's like, what do you love about Mitchell Trubisky? There's something about him. I don't know what it is. I think it's the fact that he's super fast. He's like a gazelle running up the middle of the field, parting the Red Seas. So I want to give Trubisky a chance because he didn't get in Buffalo. They kicked him out of Chicago. I would love to see the second coming, Mitch Trubisky, doing it in Pittsburgh, the land of Permanente bros. Get it. You know, get, I want to see him on the commercials. I want to see him on the bridge. I want to see him at Pirates games when the team is 47 games out of first place in September. I would love to see Trubisky shine. With all that being said, he probably won't. So keep an eye on Kenny Pickett when it comes to, you know, week five, week six. I haven't looked at their schedule, but I think there's a good chance maybe half the season he gets. But I am rooting for my guy, Mitch, who I wanted to be the Jets backup instead of Joe Flacco. But they went with Broadway Joe. All right. Please explain to me what this Permanti Bros reference is. Permanti Bros is probably it's the number one sandwich in Pittsburgh. I've only been to Pittsburgh once, but everyone says to go to Permanti Bros. It's basically it's a fire sandwich, but it comes with chips in the sandwich. So it's a little extra. Uh, it's loud when you eat it. You know, don't do a podcast and have Permanti Bros because then you're going to get the chips in your ears. But any sandwich that has meat in it with chips included. It's got the Podfather's name all over it. So Permanti Bros, uh, they're, they're not paying me for this. I wish they were. But everyone who's been to Pittsburgh knows about Permanti Bros. And then the view of the bridge. It's PNC Park, Permanti Bros, the killer P in Pittsburgh. That is hilarious. Well, if I ever go to Pittsburgh, I am definitely hitting them up. All right. Moving on to Desmond Ritter, who was the second quarterback off the board. Two rounds later, the Cincy star tossed an impressive 30 touchdowns in his final season, which was the best season in the program's history. So how do the Falcons stack up as a landing spot for Ritter with Matty Ice off to Indy? I hate to go straight A student because I was far from one in high school and college, but I'm giving them an A. I also, Marcus Mariota, another guy, second coming, second chance, hope he does well. But this is a perfect spot for him. Marcus Mariota has barely played the last few seasons. It's been four years since he was a starting QB. And I think he might be the stopgap guy that hands it off to Ritter. So I think I give him an A for this landing spot. I think there is a shot. I don't think it's going to happen. But again, with you know Trubisky and Pickett, there is a shot. He's the week one starter. And I think he's going to get a chance at some point during this season, it just happened to work out where Matty Ice is gone and, you know, they move on to a new era. So this is a perfect spot. I give him an A. Yeah, this definitely strikes me as a really good spot for him. I'm going to give it an A minus, but I think it is like it, he's coming in at a perfect time because the team is clearly in this like rebuild mode. I think it took them a little bit of time to accept the rebuild because they went Kyle Pitts last season. And it was like, why are you doing that when you have like no other pieces? But at this point, obviously, they've moved on from Matt Ryan. And it, I mean, Marcus Mariota, he is what he is. I don't think he's going to be the answer. He is under contract until 2023, but there is a potential out after this year. So they, they could easily move on from him if Ritter starts to look like the guy really easy. Um, you know, they only lose marks a little bit because they have a terrible offensive line. And, you know, they need a lot of other pieces as well to be a very competitive team. But otherwise, I think it's a, it's a really great spot for him, especially because I thought Ritter was a great prospect, but he's someone that I think needs a year, at least a year to figure things out, to kind of like 
go from that college to like, there are some guys that just can make that transition a little easier. And I think that Ritter just needs that uh, extra time. So I think coming into a situation where they're not going to be winning, it, it kind of takes that pressure off a little bit year one. But um, as a prospect himself, I mean, I was very impressed with him. He's got the height, he's got the athleticism, arm strength. He's a very tough player, a guy that's not going to go down very easily. Um, what do you think about Desmond Ritter as a prospect? I like him. And also a couple of life facts about him is that he was a DoorDash driver. So this man was out here delivering muscles with spaghetti and my chicken parm hero, getting it to my door while playing football. He's also got a daughter. So he's playing for someone, another family member. That's something, you know, in life sense, you can't overlook because guys have chips on their shoulder or they have a kid they're trying to take care of. And, you know, some some quarterbacks are blessed with richer families, maybe not playing for this guy's playing for a daughter. He worked hard for his money. Uh, great song, by the way. He works hard for the money and he worked his DoorDash. And listen, you said perfect size, six, three. He was the fastest quarterback amongst these rookie quarterbacks with a four, four, nine, 40 yard dash. Give me the speedy quarterbacks any day of the week. Like you said, strong arm, quick release, a two time player of the year at Cincinnati in the AAC. He played at a high octane offense there. I think he could the the knock against him. He could probably run even more. He didn't run for a ton of yards uh, last season. Early on, he did last season, just 355 uh, rushing yards. I would argue he could do a lot more of that. 2020 at 12 rushing touchdowns last year, just six. So if he could get back to some running ways, talk about the polar opposite of Matt Ryan. That's that guy. And they got a good one, two punch. There's probably some packages they can work him in. And same with Mariota. Mariota was that kind of, you know, wildcat quarterback who could run as well as pass. I think Ritter could be that guy as well. And they could do some unique things with both these guys until they figure out who is, you know, going to be that future franchise quarterback. But uh, I like him. And uh, this is, I hope he starts and hopefully he could quit DoorDash and just be the starting quarterback of the Falcons. That would be so funny if like your door dasher is Desmond Ritter, right? I mean, like that would be pretty crazy to have your Permanti brothers sub delivered by him. But uh, well, in Atlanta, <laughs> they're delivering spicy wings from uh, Magic City, a uh, Lou Williams special. I don't think they're delivering uh, Permanti bros. So uh, he was clearly delivering uh, some chicken wings, which uh, I'm a fan of. Jake Brown, the like walking Zagat book here, uh, just apparently knows food scene of every single city in the United States. Um, but yes, uh, I think that it's, it's really cool to have a player that opens up a lot of different packages. Like you said, they are not afraid of doing that. I mean, Arthur Smith obviously unlocked something in Cordero Patterson last season that no other coach in his entire career could. So I think it'll be interesting to have some guys, um, like a guy like that on the roster that will allow them to kind of have more of a diverse um, playing scheme. But yeah, um, when I was, I was kind of struggling with the player comparison here. Uh, I thought of a couple guys. They're not super similar, but Dak Prescott and Tyler Huntley, Tyler Huntley kind of reminds me more of him in terms of like that rushing potential, obviously, and those RPOs. Um, but he still has that really strong arm strength and ability to be a pocket passer, more like Dak Prescott. So what do you think of those guys? Dak, I think you hit it head on. I think that's a good comparison. You know, they're similar in size and stature as well. Again, they both could use their feet. Uh, and I like that. That's all I got to say about that's all I got to say about that. That's that's the perfect comparison. <laughs> perfect. Well, uh, yeah. And then for fantasy potential, I mean, Ritter is in a similar position to Pickett, like we've mentioned, in that he'll have to win this job. 
um, could ultimately see little to no playing time fantasy wise, but he's certainly someone to keep an eye on. I mean, you know, like the Falcons are not going to be a competitive team this year, but we've also seen quarterbacks from bad teams be great for fantasy in the past. So, um, you know, he's got some decent weapons out there with Kyle Pitts and everything. So he could make a splash if he, you know, takes over that job in week six or beyond. Yeah, you keep an eye on him because, listen, Marcus Mariota plays a style that leads to injuries, too. So there is a chance first week of the season, Mariota scrambles, gets hit, and he's out. So you never root for injuries. You never want to see injuries. But when you play that way, we've seen it so many times before with rushing quarterbacks, you're just going to get hurt unless you're sliding properly and and taking all the proper precautions. So I would definitely keep an eye on Ritter. But, yeah, I think Mariota is going to start off this season. All right. Well, the next guy I was going to talk about is Matt Corral. But with the breaking news that Baker Mayfield has been traded to the Panthers, Corral's fantasy upside is a bit less high. But let's just dive into that briefly, because the Browns are getting a conditional 2024 fifth round pick for the former number one overall pick that pretty much sums up the franchise. If <laughs> I mean, don't you think uh, terrible, you know, fall from grace for Baker Mayfield, obviously having been that number one overall pick and, and ending up now on Carolina with, with uh, you know, he, he should be the incumbent number one, obviously not a ton of competition from Sam Darnold and uh, PJ uh, Walker or anything like that. But uh, what do you think of this trade? Seems like a pretty low risk trade for the Panthers. Yeah. Fall from grace is right. I mean, for a conditional fifth round pick, I mean, Baker Mayfield, has spent more time in these commercials that we've seen him in than on the football field. I mean, he was in commercials in a robe in the, in the Brown stadium and now they kicked him out. He was in the boiler room. Now that's back to whoever the mascot. Is. I don't know the Cleveland Browns, if they even have a mascot, but uh, the Brown they're down the toilet. I hate to be punny there, but it's, I mean, two of the interception leaders playing together while Matt's, you know, value has gone down. They're just so bad that maybe he'll play because they're so terrible. Sam Darnold hasn't stayed healthy. They're throwing $33 million combined, essentially, are going to Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. That's got to be the most money for two crappy quarterbacks that you will ever see. What a disaster. I see it playing out. Maybe they play eight games each and Corral's like, what am I doing here? I mean, this is, I would say he learns from the guys ahead of him. But he might learn less. He might have to throw that game tape out the damn window. I mean, poor guy's got to watch just a, a crappy performance. But listen, maybe Baker turns it around. There is some upside of Baker Mayfield because he did play with that bad shoulder. He did have a lot of injuries. There was, you know, it was an ABC soap opera playing in Cleveland with everything that goes on behind the scenes there. It was a mess. So maybe it works out for him in Carolina. Maybe eating Bojangles. I hate to reference another food in a local city, but we're making our way around the world. Maybe Bo time will be Baker time, and that'll be his new sponsor for the year and not whatever he did, progressive insurance, although he needed some good health insurance for all the injuries he dealt with. I think it could be a good new landing spot for him. It's going to be interesting, though, because Robbie Anderson has sent cryptic tweets in the past about not wanting to play with Baker Mayfield. Well, Robbie, keep on complaining. You got your new uh, starting quarterback. So it's a unique trade. It's interesting. My family lives down there outside Charlotte, so I might head down there for a game or two to see the the uh, dumpster fire they throw out there at uh, whatever the State Bank of America Stadium. We'll, we'll see what they put out there. It's a nice stadium, nice place to play, but nice city, good fan base. But it's 
it's going to be, and I know you're a fan of the Panthers, I believe, probably a six and 10, five and 11 season. There's the hat. Uh, yeah, I was I was thinking optimistically like a 500 type season with Baker Mayfield. Like that's the best we're going to get. I mean, they should just go ahead and sign Josh Rosen at this point. <laughs> All of the 2018 draft class. I think the Panthers are at this weird crossroads right now because they like are not really accepting that they're in this build. And now they're just going to get a middle first round pick, not get um, Bryce Young or anything like that in next year's draft. So. I don't really know what to expect from a Baker Mayfield or whatever this offense is going to give us. I think they're, they, they have, they had a decent draft for sure. There's, there's elements, but it's going to be a few years. Yes. As a Panthers fan, I was just hoping that they were kind of going to tank, but you know, you can't always get what you want. And we, we can only hope that Baker Mayfield, you know, kind of away from some of that bad blood in Cleveland can resurrect his career. Cause I do want good things for that kid. I don't, I don't think he's a bad guy. And it's not like he had all the targets in the world in Cleveland. He wasn't working with a Pro Bowl roster over there, so you'll give him that. He's not going to be with a Pro Bowl roster here, although you know if Christian McCaffrey is healthy and stays on the field. That's going to be a unique combo to watch Baker and him and how they work in the play-action game and see McCaffrey maybe a lot more as a receiver this year. Um, it's it's going to be intriguing to watch those two, and they got they got the faces and the look for the uh, for the billboards in Charlotte. The question is, will they have the play on the field for that? Uh, this is the Baker Mayfield comeback season. This guy, he's had chip on his shoulder. He's had everything go wrong in his career. He, I think he still has some talent there. Sam Donald, I think, is a lost cause. We've seen all we can from Sam. So this is Baker or bust in Charlotte. Absolutely. I, I mean, what, what is funny is that, I, I mean, obviously this, this trade just happened a couple hours before we were recording. Uh, in, in my notes, I had Baker Mayfield as the player comparison for Matt Corral. So now they have two Baker Mayfields on this roster. Uh, it, I mean, I don't know what that means for Matt Corral, honestly. Um, in, in terms of Baker Mayfield, though, like let's let's dig in. Do you, do you think that I, I know I sent you this meme over text of two garbage cans, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. How do you think this impacts the the pass catchers though? Like, do you think, do you consider Baker Mayfield an upgrade from Sam Darnold for DJ Moore for Robbie Anderson if he stays for Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I think it's an upgrade. I, like it's similar to what you said. It's basically a, a dump to a garbage can. But I do th- I do think those shoulders, I mean, when you have a plan with the labor mission that he was, I mean, that takes a toll on a quarterback. You you need your shoulder hundred percent to throw a football. So I want to see him healthy this season. I think it is an upgrade. And Baker loves to throw the ball. We saw him games where he's throwing it 40, 50 times, usually because they were losing the Browns. So that, that played a factor. But I like this upgrade for the receivers. I, I think they're going to, you know, with a healthy Baker, Darnold was just terrible. I mean, this guy had zero accuracy whatsoever. So anything is an upgrade. You could throw me out there, and I'm at least going to take the sack over throw the interception. It might get hurt after the first one or two snaps, but you know, any of us is an upgrade from Sam Darnold. And I do think there is something to the chip on the shoulder to the Browns, getting rid of him to going with Deshaun over him, everything that happened there. I do think he's going to be playing. And when he plays with a chip on the shoulder, he's a fun player to watch when he's good Baker. There's a reason he was in those commercials and everyone talked about him because he's electric when he's good. And maybe this is that change of scenery that he desperately needed out, out of Cleveland. Cause we know bad things happened to Cleveland football since, you know, the Jim Brown days, just bad things have been happening there. 
So I want to see good things happen in Charlotte. So when I go home, I want to see happy tailgates, happy fans. When I come home for Thanksgiving, I want the fans to be thinking positively because on paper, it looks like it's going to be a, just a nightmare season for you guys. I'm hopeful, but week one, it's going to be the revenge game right off the bat. So what do you, what do you think right there? Just give me a, a prediction on that game. I, the Panthers win that. I think, he, <laughs> and I assume Watts is not playing. So I, I think they're definitely going to win that game. You know, that's going to be, maybe that inspires him that one, you know, beat his former team, you're one and oh, and then he just goes from there. But I think he's going to go balls to the wall that game and, and ball out and Baker starts one and oh. Well, I hope that's the case. The only thing that I might take the over on is the, the number of Miles Garrett sacks. Uh, I don't know what, what that number would be, but I would probably take the over. Um, but of Corral and some of the guys that I haven't mentioned yet, that's Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Bailey Zappi. Who do you think has the biggest chance to make a fantasy impact in year one? Ugh, it's it's slim pickings there. I'm going to go with Howell just because Carson Wentz, Wentz's injury history. You know, he's only got one year committed with the commanders there. Um, so I think there's a chance we see him just because of the injuries. And, you know, Heineke dealt with some injuries last year as well. So I'll go with him. But without injuries, I don't see any of those guys playing this season. Fair enough. Yeah, that's pretty much where I am. Obviously, Zappi is probably the guy that I feel like it has, well, the least uh, possibility of playing Malik Willis. It, it's an okay situation, but not for year one. Obviously, Tannehill only under contract until 2023 with a potential out at the end of next season. So if he proves to be the guy, that's that's a guy longer term, but he's not going to play this year. All right, moving on to tight ends, which can be a tricky position for year one. Not everyone can be Kyle Pitts, um, but maybe we could possibly find a Pat Fryermuth in this group. So let us kick it off with Ohio, uh, sorry, Colorado State's Trey McBride, who is the only tight end taken in the first two rounds of this year's draft. So how do the Cardinals stack up as a landing spot for McBride? I'll go with a B plus here because Zach Ertz is obviously there. He's taken up that top spot. Ertz is getting a little bit older, but Kyler Murray loves throwing a tight ends and in the red zone. So I think there's a chance that McBride, you're going to see some two tight end packages with him and, and Ertz. He's getting to learn from Ertz. Ertz has done it all. He's won a Super Bowl. So I think it's the perfect guy to really play behind. And listen, Kyler is a man on a mission right now, despite what he's doing on social media and the leading post and reposting who knows if he's even going to be the Cardinals quarterback, but Kyler Murray is very, very good. He's fun to watch. He spreads out the field and his ability to run. He's going to find those tight ends right down the middle. McBride's a guy who's played basketball as well. So he's a basketball player, a football player. I, you know, he set all kinds of records at Colorado state. This kid looks like he could be a stud and he's doing it on a team that has championship expectations with the Cardinals. So to be a rookie and be in a championship contender, that's all you could really ask for. All-American, unanimous, John Mackey Award winner. On paper, this looks like the perfect landing spot for McBride. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, uh, giving them a B-plus as well. So yeah, in spite of Kyler Murray's off-season mind games or whatever he's doing on social media, it is a great quarterback situation. I would love to be catching passes from Kyler Murray. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of weapons, um, to your point, Zach Ertz, and they have Max Williams as well on the roster, but Ertz is 31 years old and he's under contract till 2024, but 31, quite a bit 
old in terms of football. Uh, so, I mean, McBride could certainly represent the, the future at tight end for this franchise. And to your point, uh, he, he's got a lot of pros, a lot of things working in his favor. He's 6'4", 246. He's a good route runner, great athlete, good hands, coming off of a 90 catch, 1,121 receiving yard, a season for Colorado State, as you mentioned, really great production at that college level. Only cons that he gets are he's an average blocker and had very limited red zone production, but he had one touchdown in all of last year after having an 1,100 receiving yards. But that like that to me feels like more of a scheme thing and not like as much of a mark against the player themselves. Like that's just a utilization thing. But, um, you know, certainly could be something to look out for. Obviously, as fantasy managers, we care all about those those statistics. But um, in terms of a player comparison, some guys that came into mind, uh, especially with that like level of athleticism, were Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper. What say you, Jake? I like Hooper. Same kind of body frame, you know. Thick lower body, as they say, T H I C C C C. All the C's. All the C's, athlete, basketball player. So I think Hooper is a good one. And I think he's going to get touched on. Listen, going from Colorado State to the Arizona Cardinals is like going from like Queens Chronicle to the New York Post. If we want to do a newspaper comparison, I mean, started from the bottom now we're here. I'm sorry to Colorado State. I know you're home there. But that is a major upgrade. So, you know, a lot, a lot of guys don't get a chance to have an immediate impact after the first round for a championship contender with a quarterback who's on the precipice of something special. So this is perfect. And I like the Hooper comparison. Yeah. So for fantasy potential in 2022, we mentioned I mentioned that, you know, we, we've there's been that stigma on year one for tight ends in the past. Do you think he can have an impact right out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, like I said, he played basketball. He's got a pretty big body, 6'4", 250, I think. So I think he can be a red zone guy. And, you know, if Ertz were to go down, they don't have many other tight ends. He's the number one guy. And, you know, Ertz has dealt with injuries in the past. He's getting older. So I think we're going to see two tight end packages. And Kyler can sling it. So I think he's definitely a guy to monitor. I don't know if I draft him right away, but, you know, keep an eye on your waiver wires and there's going to be a point that he's going to make an impact. And uh, yeah, he could be a high impact rookie. All right. Let us move on to a super exciting prospect. That is Jelani Woods, a third round pick from Virginia. So how do the Indianapolis Colts rate for you in terms of a landing spot for fantasy football for Woods? I'll give them a B because they have a couple of tight ends there, but no one truly of note like they have in the past, like with the Jack Doyles of the world, Mo Ali Cox and Kylan Granson. But Matty Ice has kind of made a career, I feel like, out of those check down options at tight ends. Him and Tony Gonzalez worked well for so many years. He had Kyle Pitts last year. So Matty Ice loves tight ends. So Woods is going to get his fair chance of balls. I mean, he's 6'7", 253. Talk about a big fella. I mean, Matty Ice better find him or he's not going to be happy. So I'll give him a B only because there's two guys ahead of him on the depth chart. But I think he's got the chance to work his way up to be the number one guy, if not later this season than his second season. Yeah, I'm also going to go with the B here. There is going to be competition from O'Alley Cox, as you mentioned. There could end up being some kind of Frank Reich tight end platoon, which kind of worries me a little bit. But to your point about Matt Ryan, it certainly is a quarterback that has favored the tight end in the past. So he is a guy that could come out and make that immediate impact. And you mentioned it. 
Wilds is an absolute unit, 6'7", 259 pounds, going to create an absolute defensive nightmare and mismatch. I don't know who's going to want to guard that kind of guy. He's also got great hands. He's good at blocking. The only things that we're going to take away from him are the fact that he didn't have a ton of that production at the collegiate level, 44 catches for 598 yards and eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns, pretty good um, in his final season. For Virginia, um, he is certainly a guy that is exciting, uh, especially just because of his physicality and everything like that. And really, the the name that came to mind for me when I was thinking about him was Martellus Bennett, another guy that was just an absolute unit at the combine, almost identical statistics. So what do you think about that as a player comparison? You're on fire. That's another one because I they do have similar body types. Although Martellus Bennett, I believe, is a pretty strong artist. He's an artist, a drawer. I don't know if Woods can do the same kind of artistry as him, but body frame, that's a good one. I can't think of another one off the top of my head. So I'm going to agree with you again on that one. And listen, some people called him one of the biggest steals of the draft. And I know the numbers from college don't jump out to you on paper. But he played in Virginia, transferred there for a year. I mean, you kind of got to overlook that. You look at this dude's size. I mean, he's similar to, if we want to take it way back in terms of size, to my old podcast co-host, Ben Troop, back on the Tennessee Titans, Florida Gators All-American. Kind of thick, big fella. Um, you know, a guy who will hopefully be a good blocker with that kind of size. So I'll do Ben Troop, formerly of uh, Brown and Troop podcast with CBS back in uh, 2015. I love to see it. Okay. So uh, fantasy potential for this season. Yeah. A lot of things would kind of have to align, but he is a guy that I think is, is a really big dynasty name right now. Maybe is that kind of where you're thinking of him or do you think he can have that year one impact? Yeah. I think dynasty is probably the better bet just because like I said, Mo Ali Cox in front of him, Matt Ryan, you just never know what you're going to get out of Matt Ryan. I know he likes to throw to tight ends, but that's when he's not on the ground after getting sacked. So I, I would hope uh, maybe second year dynasty option, but keep an eye on him. You never know. Like you said, Frank Reich, you never know what he dials up his sleeves. He is a very unique head coach and a guy who does all kinds of different stuff with the offense. Probably a sigh of relief that he's not having Carson Wentz anymore. I know Wentz got a lot of hate there. So I think Matt Ryan will actually be an upgrade. So definitely a better dynasty bet. Matt Ryan will certainly be an upgrade. So, yes. All right. Lastly, we are going to talk about Cade Otten, the fourth round tight end out of Washington, who has sneakily become a good factory for the position, having produced players such as Austin Safarian Jenkins, Will Disley, and Drew Sample. Uh, so uh, how do the Buccaneers rate for you as a landing spot? I say an A+. Plus. I, just, I mean, two words, Tom Brady. I mean, that's that's it. If he actually does come back and he plays, Gronk is gone for now. We'll see if we get the week 14 text message and Gronk returns to the field for the playoff run. But all they got is Cameron Bray. So Cade could be that number one guy, potentially. Bray usually doesn't stay healthy. He's good, but he's not an elite tight end. So this kid could really be a star right off the bat. I mean, he's a guy who you could take in fantasy. We'll get to that, but... I love it. You know, Tom Brady loves his tight ends. As we know, he has his Hall of Famer Gronk for all these years. So maybe Cade starts the amount he's going to learn alone from Brady is going to be great in this first season. Uh, so I, I give it an A plus. Yeah, I absolutely love this move. I mean, like you said, Gronk is retired for now. 
he could certainly be in line to be the team's tight end one. Uh, a week ago, Scott Smith of the Bucks official website said that Hutton is the best answer to replace Gronk. Um, like you said, Cameron Bray, he's out there, but he is 31 years old. So I don't think he is in any way the answer. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of uh, targets vacated. Uh, they've got some injuries. They've got some attrition year over year. Um, so he certainly will have opportunities. He's got a great build, 6'5", 247. He's said to have good hands. He's a blocker. He's athletic. He's good at route running. Um, limited production at the collegiate level, 28 catches for 250 yards and a touchdown. Um, what do you kind of make of all those things? Yeah. And as my buddy, Anthony Beck has said, he quoted his numbers were way down because Washington quarterbacks were so awful. He also dealt with that ankle injury last year. So I would throw out some of his college college stats. Uh, their quarterback situation was not good. Uh, so now he goes from a not good quarterback situation to, you know, just playing with the greatest quarterback in the history of the sport. I mean, talk about, again, going from the Queens, ripping the Queens crumbs. I'm sorry, I'm from Queens. Sorry, but the Queens Chronicle to the New York Post or the New York Times or, or the Associated Press jumping from zero to 100 real quick. In the words of our good friend, Aubrey Graham, uh, this is perfect for him. Throw those college numbers out the window. Those injuries are what hurt him and hurt his draft stock. So he arguably lost a lot of money by maybe, you know, not coming back and playing. But I think he's going to be tremendous. And, uh, you know, he's he's from Washington as well. He's going across the other side of the country. He goes from the rain in Washington to the beautiful sunny skies of Tampa. So I think this kid is going to be a star. He won't be to the likes of Gronk. Let's be real. He will never, no one will be Gronk really ever, but I think this kid could be a future pro bowl tight end. That's quite the endorsement. Yeah. In terms of player comparisons, I did list him as a smaller type Gronk. Obviously, you know, he's got that height. Uh, they both, play as that traditional sort of wide tight end, inside tight end. Um, Pat Fryermuth also comes to mind, another guy that's kind of fresh on our minds, uh, having come out of last draft class and being a, kind of a surprise as a second round pick and making an impact in fantasy at the end of the year. Um, he's a you know similar build, 6'5", 251. What do you think of that as a player comparison? Yeah, I think Gronk's good too. He's also 87 in college, so they share the same number. I'm going to say Zach Ertz, too, as a player comparison. I think I like they have that. similar body frames, um, kind of similar receiving ability as Ertz. So I'm going to I'm going to say Gronk because of the number and because he's replacing him or maybe he'll be joining him in in January into the first week of February when Tom Brady inevitably makes the Super Bowl yet again. Um, but I'll say Zach Ertz as another one. Yeah, so he's definitely a guy that's been a very overlooked in drafts. I mean, it's early and he didn't have that draft capital as some of the other flashier names. Of the three guys that we talked about, McBride, Woods, and Otten, who do you think can make the biggest impact in year one? I'm going to say Cade, I think just because of Brady and I think the situation and the depth chart there, he's essentially in line to be the starter slash backup. So just by the depth chart and by who his quarterback is, I think that's the best spot. Um, and then I think Trey McBride's well, 1A right there because, again, great quarterback playing alongside a potential future Hall of Famer in Zach Hurts. Two winning situations, two teams that we could see face off in the uh, NFC Championship. So I'll go 
Cade as one and then McBride as one A and then Woods behind him. I like that. So uh, last question I have for you. Any interest elsewhere in, say, your own Jeremy Rucker of the Jets or, uh, say, Greg Daldrich of the Broncos, obviously with Noah Fant off to Seattle. That is certainly a position that's a little bit up for grabs. Um, Any of those guys kind of pique your interest? I'm going to go with my hometown guy, Jeremy Rucker. And what I like about him, and not exactly a chip on his shoulder, but from Long Island and grew up a Jets fan. So any of those kind of guys who are playing for the hometown team, I think it means so much more to them because he's been in Giant Stadium and then MetLife Stadium. He's been there to watch the ineptitude for decades of this franchise. He knows what it would mean to Jets fans to turn it around. So from an emotional standpoint and a lifestyle standpoint, I like Ruckert. He's also surrounded in a great tight end room with Conklin and CJ Uzama. So he's got two guys. I know he's got two guys ahead of him. One of them goes down. You know, Uzama did deal with some injuries last year. So we'll see what happens. He steps right in. He's at Ohio State, you know, a proven, a proven school. So I'm going to go with the hometown kid, Long Island's own Jeremy Ruckert. Look, I mean, I know we started this podcast talking about Zach Wilson and how it pretty much all comes down to him uh, in terms of a lot of fantasy potential stars kind of hinging on Zach Wilson. So hopefully we see an improved version of him because he did not impress in his first year. Yeah, I, he's the biggest question mark. I, I'm very indifferent. I mean, a lot of Jets fans are all in on Zach Wilson. I'm not yet. Obviously, I'm rooting for him to do well, but. He's just he got better as the season went on. He he made mes- less mistakes. He didn't turn the ball over as much in the final month of the year. I was at that Bucks game. I got that viral video of Antonio Brown running off the field that broke the internet. And you saw Zach Wilson with poise, a guy who could run with the football. He's clearly has some of those highlight real throws. So I'm looking for Zach Wilson to have a big year. There's just no excuse anymore. He's got a coach with a year under his belt. Now he's got Sal, all these guys they've coached here. They know what they're doing now as a rookie coaching staff last year. They know who they're working with, and the Jets won the offseason. So, Zach, the ball's in your court now. And with that humble brag about the viral video, Jake, uh, that will do it for today's episode of a tight end and quarterback rookies. Jake, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to come on today's show. Please let everyone know where they can find you this offseason and beyond. Yeah, well, it was good catching up with you. Thanks for having me from our palatial homes instead of studios this time. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. You could ch- follow Amazing But True. If you're a Mets or a baseball fan, check out that pod. And then hopefully in the fall, we'll be back with Gangs All Here and Blue Rush. Um, I do Gangs All Here with Brian Costello, Blue Rush, Lawrence Tynes. Uh, so good shows there. Rangers up in the blue seats. The New York sports scene is covered and you can follow me at Jake Brown Radio. You are quite the busy man. Thank you again, Jake. Uh, Do not forget to rate and review our podcast for a chance to win a free pro account. And we will see you next time on the Fantasy Flex. Peace out, y'all.